0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today as we continue walking through the strange paradiso. So we are almost in October. Today is the last day of September and um, yesterday I spoke a little bit about Amityville and what took place there in 1974 and 75. I was going to go in a little bit more with that But um, I decided to take a break from it. And one of the reasons is because um, it's very um, unsettling and disturbing as the story goes on to some of the things that took place there. When I was first made aware of this uh, situation, I didn't realize the enormity of what happened there. There were things that the Lutz's described that I had no idea of what it meant. There was a report about, I guess, the youngest daughter, the youngest Lutz daughter, who was playing in her room one day, and Kathy Lutz, the mother, heard her. So she went and she heard her speaking to someone, and then she went into the room, and the little girl was in there talking to someone who was, uh she was facing like this rocking chair, and so the little girl's talking to this invisible person, or whatever, and Kathy Lutz could see the rocking chair rocking back and forth, but there was no one sitting in it, so... That is, um, you know, we hear about the imaginary friends. I spoke about that a couple of days ago, but this thing is rocking. So there is a presence there, okay? And the thing that made me just have to wait and maybe take a little bit of a hiatus from this subject is because it is described, okay, by this little girl to her mother that her new friend who lives in the house, I'm going to spell it. I'm not even comfortable at this time with saying it. So I'm going to spell it, that her new friend's name was J-O-D-Y. And so, okay, where did this girl hear that name? It is, well, it was a rather common name back then. But still, you I don't think that girl was even in school yet. Maybe she was, I don't know. But then she described to her mother, and this is the part that got me, that some it, it would change from sometimes it would be a pig, sometimes it would be a small pig, and then sometimes it would be a pig that was bigger than the house. I got goosebumps right now. I have to tell you. So I tried to picture to a, through a child's eyes, okay, how this thing could be bigger than house and communicate with this child. So, I mean, I can't. I, I can't. I know that me, myself, as a young child, if I would have seen something like that, I would have been letting everyone know. I would have probably been in a panic. But this girl wasn't afraid. She had no fear. She was communicating with this thing. And that's another thing that we spoke about, okay? The imaginary friend, who I don't believe are imaginary for one moment, but anyhow, um... When I hear of things like this, now we're talking about animals, we're talking about um, wolves, even, I mean, it doesn't have to be a pig. Even though when you hear about this, when you hear people saying that their house is haunted and there are noises in there, like pig noises and stuff, it also does remind me of that part in the Bible, where Jesus cast the unclean spirits into the pigs, and then the pigs ran off and jumped off the cliff or whatever, so it's just another one of those things, like the three a m thing the you know it's a it's all a mockery, so I um, was thinking about this last night, and for some reason, I just um, I just got a bit of apprehension about going any further. At this moment, I'm not saying that I'm not going to um, put this on the table and dissect it at all. I'm going to do continue, but I have to take a break. Not to mention, okay, the Lutz family, George and Kathy, I don't know how old they were, guys, but it doesn't seem like they were necessarily that old and they're both gone now and I believe that they passed away some years ago so whatever maybe it's uh the trauma that they went through I don't know shortened their lifespan somehow so you know we spoke about miss um the weakest links and things like this and my belief personal belief is that George was the one who was under the most attack because he was the weak, the weakest link, because he had been involved with the occult previously. So even those type of things matter when it comes to these type of um, beings. Um, and I'm going to also tell you that from what I can gather from what happened there at this house, whatever those entities are, whatever those entities are that attacked the Lutz family, drove them out of that house, drove the priest out of the house, even police, when they went in there, after Ronnie DeFeo Jr. killed his family, they could smell like this stench of a smell coming from this room. Those things to me are not any type of what you might call a human spirits, Spirits of the deceased who have passed on, no. That is not even energy of the deceased. Some people may think, well, because they didn't even know that they were dead because they were killed in their sleep and blah, blah, blah. Yes, but they were children. Those children were not left to linger and hang around that house because they didn't know that they had died. These things in that house are inhuman entities. These things have never walked the earth as people, as humans. These things may have never actually walked the earth at all in any type of physical form. I'm talking about a solid physical Form like what we've got, like any type of animal. So, um, it's uh, a lot of these things I didn't know back, like when I saw that Amityville movie. So now that I am more aware, I find this story very disturbing. So when I think about people, and everyone has their own opinions about Ed and Lorraine Warren, but when I think of them going in and investigating that house, houses like it, where people have experienced these type of things, I just, uh, I don't know how they were able to do it. And they have many cases and still keep a normal lifestyle. Because to be confronted by certain things has the ability, the potential to change the way you see things as far as um your your personal beliefs and things like this but they never changed they never questioned god and why these things happen lorraine warren was very very spiritual so i really have to give them so much credit so I'm going to be looking at this and then I will come back and talk about the rest of it some more. But right now I just um want to take a little bit of a break from it. Okay, the next thing that I want to say is, okay, most of us have heard about Elisa Lam and what happened to her at the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles. I believe it happened in 2013. Most of us know that story, right? So, you know that I do not watch ghost hunter shows, whatever you want to call them, on TV. But for some reason, I saw it was going to be talked about this case on um, Ghost Adventures last night. So, I was like, okay, let me just see what they have to say about it. I mean, this case is so mysterious. Because she was alone. She was a college student. She came from Canada to Los Angeles. She stayed at the Cecil Hotel, which is pretty notorious because people have committed suicide in that hotel. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, he stayed in that hotel. And so you've got people who say that there's a lot of bad juju at the Cecil and so on. And it's an old hotel also. So Elisa Lamb is this innocent college student. She comes, she stays at the Cecil, which I do not know why anyone like like a kind of like a naive person would want to go to Los Angeles, the city of Los Angeles, in that particular area. I'm not saying that Los Angeles is all a bunch of junk because that's my city and I really, really like it. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are parts of Los Angeles where, I mean, you can be in a nice area here and take a few steps the wrong way and now you're in a very dangerous area, okay? you have to know Los Angeles. You don't just go there on vacation. It's funny. Come on. So anyhow, anyways, and um, this is recent. This isn't back in the 80s when Los Angeles wasn't how it is today. No, this was pretty recent, 2013. All right. So she goes there and I guess she's sharing the room with some other people. And then they complained about her because they said that her behavior was kind of bizarre. So she has to go into this other room that she had to herself. So now she has this hotel room and the Cecil all to herself. And um, I guess she's communicating with her parents. And she has her laptop there and so on. She's, uh, I don't know if this is true, but she's met someone there who I guess they just kind of like hang out together and so so on but there's nothing mentioned about her meeting guys or she had a boyfriend now you know and they're seeing each other there was nothing ever mentioned about this but what happens is there's a film clip and it was taken by the security camera in one of the elevators And it shows her, and this is the last time anyone ever saw her. So on this particular day, she goes in this elevator, and it looks like she's poking her head out to look down the hallway to see if anyone's following her. Then she goes back in the elevator, and she kind of, like, gets in the corner. Like, she's you know, you'd, like, get into the corner, and you just put your arms down like you're trying to hide, but there's really nowhere to hide. And then she starts pushing like all the elevator buttons and the door's not closing and then she pokes her head out again and then she gets out of the elevator and she starts moving her hands around and her arms like she's talking to someone. And she's making all these gestures, almost like her arms are flailing kind of. And then she gets back into the elevator. So this is the last known Anything, any visual of Elisa Lamb. And I recall, okay, I remember hearing on the news people at this hotel, they didn't say the name at the time. There was a hotel in Los Angeles, and the people who were staying at this hotel started complaining about the water. They said there's something wrong with the water, it's funky, it smells, and there's something wrong with it. So when they went up, you had the maintenance people went up there, and there were like four of these water things up there on the rooftop, and when they opened one of them, they found her dead body in there. So she, I, she had been dead in there, I'm not sure how, how long. I just remember hearing that and thinking, okay, that is just so gross. These people were taking showers, and some people were in there drinking the water. Okay. So anyhow, this is on last night. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to watch this and see. Because we all have our own ideas of what happened to this girl. Right away, he starts talking about, well, you, we know what he talks about, okay? And I'm not going to bash him because I know that there are plenty of people out there who like him. There are, I mean, and he's he may be sincere. He may be saying these things. This is how he truly feels and believes. Okay, I get it. But it's just to me, for my own taste, it's just kind of over-sensationalized. And I know that there are plenty of, of, uh, there's plenty of activity at that hotel. I do believe that. But in this particular case, I do not believe that this was caused by any type of uh paranormal type of activity I believe that this girl was murdered I don't know by who I don't know why but that is my belief I do not subscribe to the narrative that there were things causing her to go haywire and finally got to her and so she committed suicide and she just got this superhuman strength and she was able to lift that lid up and climb on in there and drowned. No, no. I believe somebody murdered her. And one of the things that they said about this is that her body was in that, in that uh, thing, like the big old tub or whatever you want to call it. And she did not have any clothing on, but her clothes were in there also. And her clothes had some sort of residue on them. So the theory is that she was thrown in there first, or she went in first, and her clothes went in afterwards. So what does that tell you? That tells you that she was thrown in there. I don't know if um, she was already deceased when they threw her in there, and I may be going out on a limb here, okay? Okay. But from what I, this is just my own um, feeling about the whole thing, whatever you want to call it. I believe that she was killed first and then she was thrown in there afterwards. And um, the reason that she was nude is because whoever killed her, I don't know what they went through with it, but they attempted to rape her. And after they put her in there, they just threw her clothes in there. They knew she was going to be found. But this was a like a spur of the moment thing. Well, we know she's going to be found, but we're just going to get this out of the way right now. Kind of deals. This thing was not thought out. This was no kind of premeditated anything. This is something that just took place. So... That's what I have to say about it. I don't know if they'll ever find the person. That You know, this is actually something that I can ask Victoria about. I'm going to ask her about this particular case because um, it's mysterious and it's very interesting. It's really, really something. And... I guess because of the water, okay, you're going to have to fact check this, but I recall a while ago, and I think that because of the water and the exposure to certain toxins that people, they ingested the water, they showered in the water and so on, that they had to um, take a TB test. And the name of this test is Lamb Elisa. Now, you're going to have to read this, okay, for yourself. I may get this all wrong, but I do recall the name of some test, and it's associated with this case, is called Lamb Elisa. So this whole thing is... I mean it's almost fascinating because there is no moral of the story yet. So that I just wanted to share that with you guys and we pretty much have our own opinions about what happened but um that's just mine. Okay? We have to look at all different angles. And I have done that. And I cannot pin every single thing on paranormal-type activity. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just kicking it around. Okay. So, the next thing... That I want to share with you. Now this is something that is very recent. And it's somebody that I know. So this person. They have a couple of acres. Somewhere here in Southern California. So they have a little guest house. That's on the property. So they were renting this guest house out. To this man. This this man was a. Vietnam veteran. I actually was acquainted with this man. He was one of my clients. So he lived out there for quite a while. And then he passed away maybe about cl- close to a year and a half ago. And every so often when I see the one of the owners of the property, because I know that they had to clear out a lot of stuff and... Even though he was not related to them and he was just a renter of their property, he was like their family because he didn't have anyone. He didn't have any family members or relatives, I should say, that would go and visit him or anything like that. And they are the ones, the owners of this property, are the ones who would make sure that he had what he needed because getting closer to when he passed away, he needed help. So they would make sure that he had whatever he needed. They would take him to his doctor appointments and things like this. They were family. So I was uh, talking about it and I said, you guys, I'm going to rent that place out. Are you finally finished? And she said, we're not, um, we're not finished yet. And she said, I don't know if we're going to rent that out right away. His dog is still there, she said, and that's the only home that he knows, and I don't feel good about renting that place out, because where's the dog going to go? She said, so my husband and I talked about it, and we're just going to leave it vacant as long as we can, and um, until the dog passes away, or she's like, I really, I really would just rather not rent it for a while. So I said, well that that's really nice. You know, they're very nice people. So anyways, she was saying that her daughter came and told her she heard him. She's like, "I I could swear I heard him out there calling his dog." And she said, "Well, yeah, that's That's probably something, you know, to be expected because he hasn't been gone long. And that was his dog. And he, he was a real dog lover and all this stuff. So that's probably something that it's okay. She said, but you know what? I heard him calling his dog. She said, and then I heard him calling me. And I was, what? She's like, yeah, I heard his voice coming from that little guest house calling me. I'm like, well, what did you do? You you didn't go out there. And she's like, no. I said, yeah, you don't go out there. But even her husband heard that man who has been passed away now for over a year calling her, calling his wife. So... You, I mean, you have many, okay, who will say that there are imprints, like our voices, certain sounds, certain noises leave imprints. Which, okay, I know sound travels. I know it just continues. But it doesn't travel like across the room and continue like a ping pong ball. And how does it call one person and then another? Like it calls the dog, it calls the daughter, now it calls her. It's like, Mm-mm, no. And he said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking about just tearing the whole place down, okay? Well, if it comes to that, it still could be on the property. We were talking a couple of days ago about the house where Sharon Tate was murdered in 1979. Seems like a lot of this kind of stuff happened in the 70s, huh? A lot of crazy crap happened in the 70s. You got Amityville. You got all this other stuff. You got the Sharon Tate murders and everything. Oh, no. I'm sorry. My bad. It was 1969. Okay. Okay. Well, anyways, we're getting close to the 70s in 1969. But anyhow, so that house that Sharon Tate was murdered in, there are so many theories about the whole thing. You had people saying, oh, there was a a rope and one was tied around her neck and one was tied around the neck of Jay Sebring. And then, and I don't know if these are true or not, guys, but there were a lot of theories someone some said she was you know she was pregnant and that they cut the baby out of her and hung the baby and all this stuff i don't think that that's true but i do not know for sure so that's why there are theories because we don't know for sure i'm i'm going to believe that some of the more gruesome details could have been left out so that the public doesn't know about Some of this stuff. Also, one of the reasons that they would do that in certain cases is because if someone comes forward and if they're telling the truth, they're going to know details that were never released to the public. So that would be one sign of their credibility. When you know something that was never released and the police then they would know that you're telling the truth, okay? So I don't know how many people bought and sold that house. I know it was on Cielo Drive in the Los Angeles area, but from 1969 until like the, I believe it was uh, 2000 and something, okay? I don't know how many people own that house. But um, this one guy, he bought the house, and he tore it down, he demolished it. They even changed the address of that house to take try to try to take away some of the notoriety of that of that place. so then they built the house back up from scratch. Well, there's still stuff happening in the house, but that's because all of that negativity is in the land. All of that stuff, that's not going to go away unless somebody who knows what they're doing goes out there and cleanses that place properly. So we were talking about that, just like I know so many people who to this day, they still believe that, well, how is that happening? It's a brand new house. It's like, yeah, the house is brand new, but the land isn't as well as people. People who are building the house itself. We don't know what these people do in their spare time. We don't know how many people are occult practitioners. We don't know. So to to believe that something can't happen because it's a brand new house is very naive. So anyways... This house um, where Sharon Tate was murdered, talk about imprint. I believe that there is such a huge imprint on that land that to extract that whirlwind of negative energy is going to really take something. There were... I mean, this whole situation here is just horrible. People, um, and I don't know how, because there was no one left alive except for the criminals who did this. So I guess they, at the trial or whatever, some of them said that she was pleading for her life because she was pregnant, and then she was pleading to... um, Not like not hurt her because of the baby and all of this stuff. So, my gosh, that energetic force that's right there. Um, I can just picture it like being a type of tornado, like a whirlwind of just emotion. And, um, the fear that this generated is something that we Cannot begin to comprehend. And I hope that we never do. There are also, now you've got the theorist people. Who say that the person that she was married to had something to do with this. And oh, just coincidentally he was in another country when this happened and blah, blah, blah. And you know, we get a lot of that. That. That was a very large sacrifice. If this is true, I don't know. But um, if it was, you... And this is something that I haven't done, okay? I haven't looked into the numbers about this. I haven't even really done a whole lot of reading about this. But I'm pretty sure that for those who are into gematria and things like this, you'd probably be able to find out quite a bit about this particular case, as well as okay, we're going to move on a little bit to more recent. Okay, Coolio. All right, you got so many people out there now talking about Coolio and um, how they believe that this was a hit. And I don't, I don't know, guys. All right, I don't know for sure. Of course, none of us do know for sure, except for if this is true, then the perpetrators would know. And it's said, it's being said that he, the deceased, was working now and was going to come out with some things. Now we're talking about human trafficking and things like this. And he was going to start bringing certain... Types of information out for to get it out there, okay, for the public and, and so on. Anyone, any type of high profile person, even okay, even a low profile or a no profile like me, just a regular private citizen, whatever you want to call us, if you, for example, if I had certain information and it was fact, and I could prove it, and it was true. I would not be saying anything. But over and over again, we have these people who are killed or found dead, or this and that, and then it comes out, oh, this person had information about blah, blah, blah. This person was going to come out talking about this and that. Well, these people need to be quiet, until the day they're going to bring it out. That's just my opinion. There was this guy. He was a news a news person, okay? And I really don't want to say his name, but um, his first name was Andrew because that name started with a B. And this is so many years ago. And apparently, he kept saying he had some sort of... Whatever the word is that they use, some truth bombs or something like that, he was going to be bringing out and so on. And then he's, he's dead. He goes for a walk and he dies of a heart attack. It's like, people, no. I would not be saying anything to anyone. I would keep it to myself until I'm going to go stand on my little stage and tell whatever it is that I've got to tell. So by this time, September 2022, I would have to say that if you don't know better by now, then, I I mean, they just keep... uh, either killing people who are going to come out with the truth, or this stuff is just all a bunch of hoo-ha. And a lot of people don't even know who Coolio is. He made this song, "Gangsters Paradise, back like, I don't know. I don't know if it was in the 2000s or in the 90s. It's been a long time ago. And uh, he did say that that song was like, given to him kind of like, like something took over his mind and that's where he wrote that song and this and that, which that's a way of explaining things. When you're talking about being an artist and about being artistic, that is a way of explaining things. That doesn't mean, in my opinion, that you're, you're contacted with other beings or a higher intelligence. No, That's just a way of describing certain things. And um, there are some also, though, we have to look at the other side of things, who are in communication with other, whatever you want to call them, entities, who do look in those directions for their creativity and so on. But not everyone... So even when we are trying to describe things, we also have to be careful. Or people are going to say, oh, well, you're just another one. You're just, you know, um like, don't you know you're selling your soul or whatever? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to say. Even I could say that doing what I do. Wow, I didn't know that. I was capable of Doing this, I even surprised myself. And people might look and say, oh, well, you need to, I don't know, pray? You need to stop contacting spirits? No, I'm not contacting anything. So, I mean, I know I'm kind of like on a rant here, but it just goes to show you, we have to be very careful even with the things we say, because anything can be taken and twisted. They can twist it, and when they do, it's usually twisting it against us. So, okay, that's like pretty much all that I've got for today. And I want to say that um, what I'm going to start doing, because I have friends who are from all over the world, I have friends from Iran. I have friends from Australia, from the UK, from all different places, from Canada. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start talking a little bit about some experiences and some things that go on in other places. See, the reason why I didn't really want to at first is because I'm not there. I don't experience them, and I don't know enough about them to even bring them to you. But now, with um, a lot of my friends are like, "Oh no, you need to talk about this, and you need to talk about that," and telling me experiences that their families had, that they have had in their countries, and even things that are kind of like cultural even though I like to go a little bit obscure, I don't want to talk about the things that everybody already knows about unless we are digging, okay? But um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start getting into things that happen also in other countries. And I know that I have listeners in Australia and I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. And if you have anything that you would like to share just send them to me you can contact me maybe underscore maria at uh, at outlook.com and uh, if you just want to um, suggest some things for me to look into that i could share just let me know and i'd be more than happy to do that because we need to know as much as we can right that's why we're here that's why we all take this walk together so that We can get a better understanding and we can see the big picture. Not only the little thing that's right in front of us. That's that's why we like to take these things and really dive into them. I like to say dissect them. Like with Amityville, you could say it's been done to death. There's nothing else to learn about it. And I was kind of like that myself. But now, because... It's not that I know everything, but I know more than I did like 10 years ago. That's why I find this so disturbing. Okay. Anyways, um, everybody have a great Friday. Tomorrow is October 1st. I make it sound like I've just been waiting for this. Well, actually, I have. Not to mention October is one of my favorite months, but um, I actually have been waiting for it. Also going to try to get Victoria to come back on. I know she's really busy, but um, maybe she can squeeze us in. Come and take a walk with us. Have a great day. I'm going to try to be back on Sunday. Everybody, thank you so much. Ciao.